The following presentation is brought to you by The Mutual Network. Better living through audio. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents Master Zacharias by Jules Verne Part 2 Chapter 4 The Church of Saint-Pierre With every passing day, Master Zacharias grew more feeble in mind and body. Despite this, an unusual excitement impelled him to continue his work more eagerly. He toiled to repair the various clocks of the town, making sure, by a scrupulous examination, that the wheels were in good condition, the pivots firm, the weights exactly balanced. Even to his skilled eyes, however, nothing indicated that these clocks were on the point of being affected by inactivity. I kept the master company in his workshop, torturing my mind in vain to discover the cause of this evil. Master, this can only come from the wear of the pivots and the gearing. Do you want, then, to kill me, little by little? Are these watches child's work? Have I not forged these pieces of copper myself so as to obtain a greater strength? Are not these springs tempered to a rare perfection? Could anybody have used finer oils than mine? You must yourself agree that it is impossible, and therefore you must admit that the devil is in it. From morning till night, discontented purchasers besieged the house. Their numbers seemed to grow each day, as did their anger toward the old watchmaker. This watch loses and I cannot succeed in regulating it. This one is absolutely obstinate and stands as still as Joshua's son. If it is true, Master Zacharias, that your health has an influence on that of your watches, get well as soon as possible. Just wait till the first weather, my friends. The season is coming which revives existence in wearied bodies. Soon the sun will warm us all. Listen to me, listen. I am investigating the cause of these vile happenings until some explanation is found, and mark me, it will be found. Until that time, if any of you desires his money back, I will give it to you. And so, though the poor watchmaker's honesty remained intact, his money fast melted away. When it was gone, his antique vases passed into the hands of strangers, and he was forced to sell off the very furnishings in his home. Nothing was spared, not the rugs, not the silverware, not the various paintings lining the walls, and indeed, not even the precious tools the genius watchmaker had invented. Despite Master Zacharias's scrupulous honesty in matters of business, rumors of sorcery continued to spread. It was noted that, for some time, the old watchmaker had neglected his religious duties and had not been seen at the cathedral for many months. 
This abandonment of holy practices, along with the secret habits of his life, seemed to confirm the accusations leveled against the master's labors. And so, with the double purpose of drawing her father back to God and to the world, Gironde resolved to call religion to her aid. Her first success was to secure her father's promise to attend High Mass at the cathedral the following Sunday. In her excitement, Scholastique made sure that the whole town knew they were coming. Be reasonable. He will never show. That man has always acted in concert with the devil. No doubt he has invented machines which go all by themselves and which do the work of a man. It is a direct affront to the greatness of our Lord. Yes. Look, they come. How pretty his daughter Gerand is and how pious. Yes, but look at the man himself. He has such an air of vanity about him. Why, why, he doesn't even kneel. It is true. He is simply staring at the clock at the back wall of the church. <gasps> Within moments it will strike. Do you suppose he will kneel to it instead? Ah! Uh, oh, oh, he has fallen! Look at the clock! The clock has stopped! It is the death blow! <laughs> There you are, sir. Back in your own bed. Now you get some rest, Master. You gave us quite a scare. Am I home? You are, Father. Please try to sleep. You must... No! No! I do not wish to die. I cannot die. I, Master Zacharias, ought not to die. My books, my accounts... Master, please! Father, lie back down. You need to rest. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, Holy Virgin, help us! He has finally gone mad with the strain. There! There! A large iron clock sold to a Signor Pitanacho. It is the only one that has not been returned to me. It still exists. It goes. It lives. And if I can take care of it, I shall live too. Death will no longer seek me. Master, I beg you. You are very ill. Oh, bear, listen to me. I must find that clock. Chapter 5. The Hour of Death Several days later, Gironde went into her father's workshop and found it empty. Distraught, she gathered the household together. Oh, Bear! Oh, Bear, we must find him! Why, the man barely had strength enough to stand! How could he have gotten out without any of us noticing? It is impossible! Scholastique! I hope you are not falling under the spell of those vicious rumors that put our master in the service of Satan. Oh, no! No, of course not! Still, one can't help but wonder. Where could he be, Aubert? Gerond, do you remember what he spoke of last Sunday in his delirium? The old iron clock, the last clock of his making that has not yet been returned. Yes, of course. He must have gone in search of it. Aubert, where does my father keep his books? Here, Gerond, here are all his records. And look, every entry is scratched through, except this one. Sold to Signor Pitanacho, an iron clock with bell and moving figures, sent to his chateau at Andernot. Andernot? My God, that must be at least three days' journey by foot. That is where my father has gone, Aubert. I am sure of then it. Then let us make haste. We may still be able to save him yet. Not for this life, I fear, but at least for the next. Next. 
We set out that very evening, Gironde and myself. We made five leagues before the sunset, and the next day we made ten more. In every town we passed through, we inquired after the master, and before long we picked up his trail. Older gentleman, is he? Looking very ill? Yes, he was here just a day or two ago, buying food and supplies. Yes, yes, he stayed here. Called himself the master. Wouldn't give any other name. I went up in the morning to take him his breakfast, and he was already gone. The next day, we reached Avion, and soon after, Chalet. In every town, we found evidence that the master had recently passed through. We walked with great haste, never stopping for more than a few hours. Geron leaned on my arm when she grew weary, and I on hers when my strength threatened to fail. We passed out of sight of Lake Geneva and into the mountains. The wind pushed against us like an invisible hand. Our knees shook, and through our shoes, our feet were lacerated by the sharp granite of the mountains. At last, late in the day and half dead with fatigue, we reached a small hermitage. Hello! Hello! In the name of God, I beg you, open the door! Quiet, you quiet! My friends, please, come in from the cold. What brings you to this most inhospitable region? Thank you, Father. Good hermit, we are in search of a man, a lost man. It is my father. He is very old, and I fear has wandered away from home under the spell of some wicked hallucination. I have encountered no one for many months, but please come inside. Or warm yourselves by the hearth. I've just begun preparing a stew that will restore strength to your weary bodies. Over a warm meal, we told the hermit our story. He listened attentively, then nodded, with a grim sort of understanding. Pride, it would seem, has destroyed an angel created for good. It is the stumbling block against which the destinies of man often strike. You cannot reason with pride, the principle of the vices, since by his very nature the proud man refuses to listen. It only remains, then, to pray for your father. I do despair of our ever finding him in such cruel terrain. Why, when he fled Geneva, he, he could hardly stand. Don't talk like that, Aubert. He made it this far, after all. Some spirit yet moves him and fills him with a wild energy. I only hope that it is not the... Open! Open in the devil's name! Oh, is that... Could it be? Oh, where... Where am I? I must be in eternity. Time is ended. The hours no longer strike. The hands have stopped. Father! What? Gironde, you here, and you, Aubert. Ah, my dear betrothed ones, you are going to be married in our old church. Father, come home to Geneva. Come with us. No, no, I have not yet reached the end. I must continue on. Master, do not abandon your children. Why return to those places that my life is already quitted and where a part of myself is forever buried? Your soul is not dead, Zacharias. My soul? Oh, no, no. Its wheels are still quite good. I perceive it beating regularly. Your soul, Zacharias, is immaterial. Yes, like my glory. But that is shut up in the Chateau of Andernot, and I wish to see it again. The Chateau of Andernot is inhabited by one who is lost. My father, go not to that place. I want my soul. My soul is mine. Father, no. Please, please, wait. My soul is mine. I want my soul. Gather your things quickly. We must not lose sight of him. 
We followed the master throughout the night. Over the most difficult paths, he sped like a tempest, urged on by an irresistible force. The snow raged around us, obstructing our view. We would lose sight of the master's gaunt figure, and then, just when it seemed he had vanished for good, one of us would spot him again. There! They're climbing the side of that cliff! Hurry! Soon, a ruin, old and gloomy as the rocks at its base, rose before us like a shipwreck. The Chateau of Andernot was nearly destroyed. A thick, crumbling tower loomed above it, menacing the old gables below. Among the vast piles of jagged stone lay several hallways, with caved-in ceilings, dark and gaping like the nests of vipers. Through one of these crumbling hallways, we gained access to the chateau. We found the master in an immense hall, better preserved than the rest of the structure. High sculptured panels covered its wall, on which serpents, ghouls, and other strange figures cavorted. Upon reaching the middle of the hall, the master cried out, Here! It is here! On an old iron support, fastened to the wall, stood the clock in which now resided his entire life. This unequaled masterpiece represented an ancient Roman church with buttresses of wrought iron and a heavy bell tower that chimed the daily mast. Zacharias, intoxicated with joy, reached forward to take possession of the clock. <laughs> what? You here? Good day, Master Zacharias. Who are you? A senior pitonaccio at your service. I see you have come to give me your daughter. Excellent. Then you have remembered my words. Sharon will not wed Aubert. You monster! Aubert, no! Stop! A good away from this hateful place. Heed your daughter, Zacharias. Your soul hangs by a thread. No, no. Pitanaccio, you cannot elude me forever. Where have you gone? I will find you. I will find you. Hurry, Aubert. We must find him. room already. We have, my child. We've searched every room that is not caved in. Your father is nowhere to be found. Well, what would you have me do? Leave him here? Leave my father in the clutches of that demon? Good hermit, surely you understand that I refuse to even consider the idea. Come. Come, there is light ahead. We are back at the great hall, Gerond. We have made our way through the entire yes. castle. Shall I hear voices? Uh, uh, Father! My daughter, there you are. Come to me, do not be afraid. Father, please, go back to Geneva with us. Obear and I will... Uh! Yes, my child, come closer. Come closer and behold your lord and master. Gerond, behold your husband. I am charmed beyond words to make your acquaintance. Never! She is my betrothed! Father, no! <laughs> you wish me to die, then? There, in that clock, the last one still going of all that have been forged by my hand. My life is shut up. 
This man tells me that when he has my daughter, the clock shall belong to me. Until then, he cannot be trusted to wind it. Indeed, he may break it and plunge me into chaos forever. Ah, my daughter, do you no longer love me? Father! My father! If you knew what I have suffered far away from this principle of my existence... Perhaps no one looked after this timepiece. Perhaps its springs were left to wear out, its wheels to get clogged. But now, in my own hands, I can nourish its health so dear, for I must not die. I, the great watchmaker of Geneva! Gerand! Hold, young man! All is not yet lost! Look, my daughter, how these hands advance with a certain step. Look and listen well. Yes, listen to it. And listen, too, to my breathing, dear Gerand. See the blood circulating in my veins. No, you will not kill your father. And you will accept this man for your husband, so that I may become immortal. (laughs) Very good, my master. And now the hour is at hand. The marriage contract will be signed at midnight. Gerand, you will be happy. See this man. See this man. He is tired. Your existence will be regulated with absolute precision. Gerond, since your father gave you life, give life to your father. Gerond, I am your betrothed. He is my father! Peter Nacho, she is yours. You will keep your promise. Oh, with delight. Here is the key to the clock. Yes. Yes. Yes, I can feel my strength returning already. There. It is wound up for a century. Zacharias, it is your last chance. No, no, I will have all the chances I please now that I have attained eternal life. I need only to protect this clock, this marvelous clock. It is indeed a most remarkable piece of machinery, my master. Yes, remarkable. Look at the precision with which it regulates the hours, the minutes, the seconds. Indeed, its construction is so fine. I should say it rivals anything found in nature. Yes, yes, it is the ultimate achievement. More perfect than anything on this earth. Think of your soul, Zacharias. In fact, my master, I would say that in constructing of this clock, you have attained the power of God. Yes, I... And whoever shall attempt to make himself the equal of God shall be forever damned. What? What? No, no, you... (laughs) The clock, it has exploded. My soul, my soul, save it, collect it. The gears, the springs, the escapement. Where is the escapement? Why, I have it here, my master. And I have changed my mind. I think that I shall keep it! Javon? <laughs> Javon, are you all right? Uh, oh, Bear? Oh, Bear, yes, my life, I'm... I'm all right. But where is my father? He is here, Gerard. He is dead. We buried the old watchmaker amid the peaks of Andernot. The next day, Gerard and I began making our way back to Geneva, where, once these horrible events were sufficiently behind us, we were married. We live still in the master's old house, 
and I spend my hours in his workshop, trying in vain to live up to his genius. And even now, with each passing day, Gironde and I fall to our knees in fervent prayer, trying desperately to redeem the soul of the poor, lost Master Zacharias. You have been listening to Part 2 of Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of Master Zacharias by Jules Verne, featuring Justin Willingham as Aubert, Shannon King as Gironde, Jolyn Palmer as Scholastique, Jim Palmer as The Hermit, Bo List as Pita Nacho, and Robert Arnold as Master Zacharias. Music by Catherine Whitfield. Sound effects by Karen Strawn, Jonathan McCarter, and JoLynn Palmer. Produced by Andrew Sullivan. Adapted and directed by Robert Arnold. This is your announcer, Tom Badgett. Chatterbox Audio Theater is a non-profit, web-based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download all of our shows free at www.chatterboxtheater.org. Do you like thrillers, action, adventure, mystery, crime drama? Well, you're in luck, because here on the Mutual Audio Network, we have Thursday Thrillers. You can subscribe and have a dose of adrenaline-pumping audio every Thursday from your favorite podcast player. Get it here now. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.